Well, praise the Lord, we're going to continue in our series of the Holy Spirit, our guide for life. And I like this series because God is our guide through the Holy Spirit. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go, but we know that we have a God that does, and He'll show us. And in John 16, verses 12 through 13, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. We can't handle them because we can't understand all the things that the Holy Spirit wants to give to us until we have the Holy Spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that nice that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us in our life and the jobs that we're supposed to have, the schooling that we're supposed to have, who we're supposed to marry? And this is wonderful to me because I don't know what to do my own self, but God has a plan for us, a purpose, and he's going to show us by his precious Holy Spirit. I like that about the Lord. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you here by yourself. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to walk you through this life. And when you do that, you'll see God has a better plan than we do. Did you know that? <laughs> Some of us think that we're, we're smarter than God, that we can, you know, I got it, you know, just, just you know, I'll, I'll see you when I get there. No, you need some help in there. Amen? So uh, let's look at this right here. We don't want to be like this guy. What's up? I don't know. Just don't know. Are you going to school? No, I don't know if I want to go to school. <laughs> you got a job? No, I, I just can't seem to. I don't know. No, you don't want to be like that. Here's how you want to be. Like this guy. Confident. The Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him, that when we pray, the, pray to him, he hears our petitions, and he'll give us the petitions of our heart. He, we can be confident. We don't have to worry about the stock market. We don't have to worry about, you know, impending economic crisis. We've got the Lord on my side. I was ministering to Marianne's brother, and he's all worried about everything. He's got a, like a bomb shelter, you know, in his house, a security shelter where, you know, he's got water and food to last him for a year and everything. And he was even going to take a class on how to cut up a pig in case, you know, they didn't have any food. He wanted to know, you know, I get, I get me a pig, and I got it right there, and I can cut it up and, we can, and freeze it, and we got food for a long time. I said, well, you know, that's pretty good, but I guess, you know what I'm relying on? I'm relying on the Word of God that says that He will take care of us no matter what's happening. He's not dependent upon the economic situation. He's not dependent on the stock market. He says, I made a promise to you that I will take care of you, watch over you. So I said, I can rest and be assured that no matter what happens, I'm in God's hands. Amen? Now, you ever been somewhere and you don't know where you're going? <laughs> look at these two people. They look silly, don't they? <laughs> uh, they, 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 they're trying to find out where they're supposed to be. Ever been lost? Doesn't, isn't it a frightful feeling to say, like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't even know where north or south is. You're just trying to find out where, which way to go. My wife will say, well, turn here. Turn right here, you know. <laughs> that's not the way. Oh, yeah, it's over here. Oh, then, oh there's a landmark. But, but that's the way some people live their lives. Not knowing which way to go. How do I go? Where, where am I supposed to be? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll show you the way. My son, he's, uh, after he graduated law school, he took a couple jobs in, uh, it, what, what do they call that? Uh, Supreme Court uh, as, a, as an attorney. Appeals Court. First he went to uh, Washington, state of Washington. Then he went to St. Louis for two years. 
And he was crying when he was in St. Louis. He said, I think I made a bad choice here. Uh, this, these people are Midwest, and they're not friendly, and I don't know. It just seems to be not, I don't think I'm, I think I missed it. And he was crying all the day long. <laughs> he said, can't I just come home? I go, no. <laughs> We're talking commitment here. And so he stuck it out. And lo and behold, he was looking for a job in L.A., and the company, the insurance company that he was applying for, they used that same appeals court that, they, that he was uh, you know, working at in St. Louis. So they said, hmm, this man has already been where we want to go. He knows the judges. He knows the process. Let's hire him. Out of hundreds of thousands of people, or hundreds of people, the Lord picked him because what? He knew ahead of time where he was supposed to be. Even though your flesh is going, I don't know if I want to be here. Just hold tight. God will take care of you. He'll put you in the place where you're supposed to be. Amen? So we can have that confidence now. Now, now check this out. Jesus wants to lead us. This is a, isn't this a beautiful picture of Jesus? He's leading. And you know, see how, see how patient he is? He's not, you know, we'd be like, come on, son, come on, just keep going, right? But he's patient. He's waiting for the boy to check out what he's supposed to check out. Now, I've been studying people that have had encounters with the Lord, and then I match them up with the scriptures to see if they match. But he was one fellow that I was reading about, and actually I confirmed it with a couple others, that Jesus said he's meek and lowly in heart. He's not pushy. He doesn't demand. He doesn't want you to do this or else. He's meek and lowly, and he's patient and kind. Not like us. <laughs> Not like anybody in this particular section right, right in here. <laughs> or myself. I, 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 I'll fess up, you know. It's hard to look patient when, you're, when your motor's running, you know what I mean? <laughs> When you're in line at the market and you're going like, come on, lady, <laughs> can't you please find your money, you know? <laughs> and the old man trying to punch, oh, these things are so funny, how to, and, and, and to be patient and not go like this, <laughs> it's a chore, but you know, God is, is helping me with this. So, so then I looked at it in scriptures, the Bible says, in meekness, instruct others, that oppose themselves, that God peradventure would give them a spirit of repentance. In meekness, the Bible says a servant of the Lord must not strive. We, we can't be just pushing people around. We can't just be mandating, well, you know, bless God, I think this is the way it should be done. And, and you know, we have to have some righteousness in the house here. <laughs> really? <laughs> really now? Have you looked at your own life? You know, it's funny how people can have a word for somebody else but is wondering why they don't have a word for themselves. <laughs> Amen? But this person also met Jesus, and, and Jesus said this, and this just blew me away. He said, I've got many servants, but I don't have very many friends. And he looked at Jesus and said, what? You don't have many friends? He says, yeah, everybody prays in my name. They cast out devils in my name. They call on me when they need trouble and need help. But they, no one wants to hang with me. No one wants to spend time with me. They pray, then they go and do their own thing. And so he asked him, well, you know, he didn't know what to say. He was saying, well, you know, I like sports. What about sports? And Jesus said this. He said, I like 
what my people like. If they like sports, I like sports. I just want them to be in, involve me in it. Let me watch the game with you. Don't just say, okay, I'm going to watch the game. I'll be, uh, in three and a half hours, I'll be back, okay? <laughs> so you invite, and, and so I was thinking, you know, a man that has a little girl, what do little girls like to do? Play with dolls, right? Right? Yes. Okay, thank you. And so what does a man want to do when the girl wants to play with dolls? Does he leave the room, or what does he do? He plays the dolls with the dolls with her, right? So does he like dolls? No. Oh, he likes the little girl. And so what the little girl likes to do, he likes to do. So Jesus will do what you want to do. Just invite him in. So I've been doing this the last couple of days, and man, it's amazing how his presence just comes on you, and he just stays with you. He wants to abide with you and spend time with you. He told his disciples, you have been my servants, but now I call you friends. We sang that song, I am a friend of God, but are you? Do you fellowship with him? Do you hang with him? Do you talk to him about your situations? Because he wants to do that with you. And I was looking at this, well, one other thing. Ben, ben Affleck has two little girls, and his, his wife, Jennifer Garner, was on TV. And she was saying, you know, my daughters love my husband. And he really doesn't do much. So they're playing with dolls, and they said, Daddy, come on over. And he sits there. He's tired, and he can barely move. He just kind of moves his head, yeah, mm-hmm, nods and everything. And they love it. They're just playing all over him. <laughs> and God wants just to be with us and play with us. And so I was looking at this scripture more uh, closely, and it's called the intimacy with the Lord, being close, being uh, affectionate. You know what int- intimacy means? Into me, you see. <laughs> Are you into me? What's that movie? You're, you're just, I'm just not that into you, right? <laughs> Jesus said people are not that much into him. So I was reading at the Last Supper when Jesus was there with the apostles. The Bible says that John was leaning on the bosom of Jesus, on his chest. I mean, I'm sure they had plenty of room, but he's leaning kind of, Kind of like Kelly is doing with uh, Sean there. Leaning, you know. Two, two guys leaning on each other. Now, I've had Sean over the house a couple of times, and we don't do that. We don't even touch, okay? It's like, you got your space, I got my space. Don't touch me, right? But Jesus doesn't mind being touched, being talked to. So if you want to be a, 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 a friend of God, let him guide you. Let him walk with you. And then he'll take you where? On the right path. Right? Sometimes you want to go this way. Sometimes you want to go that way. Jesus said, no, come on this way. I want to bring you on the, the right path. So how do we get to that right path? Let's look it up here. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, As it is written... I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That means you can't figure it out. You haven't seen it. You haven't heard it. It's never entered into your heart. But God has a plan for you. He's already prepared those things for those that love him. My biggest fear, if I could say a fear, is to get to heaven and God show me what my life could have been And I said, oh, I didn't know I could have had all that. But he said, I prepared those for you 
next scripture says, but God's revealed them to you. How? By the Spirit. Not because your eye gate, your ear gate, or what you figured out, or what you read in the book. He said, I've revealed them to you by the Spirit, because the Spirit searches how many things? All things. He knows everything. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He knows how to get you out of the mess that you're in. I know when I was first saved, and I was believing God for things, and he would always get me out of them. And then one time I got into a mess that I thought, oh, man, not even God can help me with this one. I said, this is deep. Uh, this is really serious. You know, I don't know what, I can't remember what it was, financial or whatever. And I said, God, I guess this is the end of the road for me. I was believing you for so long, and now this is it. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through, and I just have to say that I, I trusted you up until this point. But sure enough, God got me through that. And then he gets me through another thing and another thing and another thing. He doesn't get tired because he searches all things. Yay, yay, the deep things of God. Whew. You want to know the deep things of God? Hang with the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what God's thinking about you. The number one question Christians have is, what is the will of God for my life? The Holy Spirit is saying, I'll tell you. But you can't be in the natural. You can't be just, oh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, and I'm going to research, and I'm going to look things up. No, he said the Spirit will tell you. Isn't that good news? For what knows the man or the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? I don't even know my own self. Do you know your own self? Sometimes I do things, I'm going like, why am I doing this? The other day I was making noises and sounds like my dad. I'm going like, what in the world is this? How did that get in there? <laughs> Sometimes Mary Ann be driving. She said, what's that noise for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know my own self. Paul said, I'm not even going to judge myself. I'll let the Lord judge me. So and what things know the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. You know, we try to, you know, in, in college, we go to these, uh, uh, you know, uh, career, career planning days, and you want to figure out, I want to figure out what I want to do in my life. You should actually go and say, I wonder what the Lord wants me to do in my life. And it's in you, and he'll, he'll reveal it to you. Praise the Lord. Now, to be revealed means what? It was hidden. If it's hidden, you can't find it. It has to be revealed to you. So if you're trying to find it, you need the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Otherwise, you're not going to find it. It's not hidden away from you. It's hidden so that you can find it. And so it's almost like a magician. You know, you know how they put that little cloth over whatever they have, a hat or something like that? And then all of a sudden, it's revealed and pew, pew, there it is. Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat, right? So that's the way God wants to do us. We can't find it. We don't know where it is. It's hidden. But God will reveal it to us by his spirit. And so how do you get that? How do you get that revealing? You have to pray. You, you have to dedicate yourself and give your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to reveal what I need to do in this situation, how I'm supposed to act, 
when I'm supposed to go, when I'm supposed to come. And you guide me. That way you're not in control of your own life. He is in control of you. And that's when the peace comes because he knows exactly what to do. And Jesus said, I only do those things that I see my father do. I only say those things that my father says to me. But yet we want to just do whatever we want to do. <laughs> okay. Because we know that if God be for us, who? Who can be against us? Who can stop us? The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He loves us. He doesn't want to see us wandering around, wondering what we're supposed to do. He wants to take us by the hand. So now how do you do this? In Romans 8, 26 through 27, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, I'm going to tear us apart a little bit. You ready to get tear it apart a little bit? It doesn't say that we don't know how to pray. It doesn't say we know, uh, you know, that we don't pray at all. It says we don't know how to pray as we ought, as we should. There are some things that we need to learn and know on how to pray the perfect prayer that will touch God and touch God's heart, right? So, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Spirit himself, he helps us. He helps us in our weaknesses. If I ask Richard, Richard, why don't you come on over to the house and help me paint my house? And he says, sure, Pastor Chuck, I'd be glad to. And he comes over, and I get a chair, and I get some, some paint, and some paintbrush, and I go, okay, and I go sit in the chair, and I go, Richard, go ahead. <laughs> Start in. And he said, no, I came to help you. I didn't come to do it. We want the Holy Spirit to take over. No, you got to start. You got to move your mouth. You've got to do something to say something so the Holy Spirit can use what he wants to say through you. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings, groanings, groanings. All my life, all my Christian life, I heard that those groanings meant to speak in tongues. I thought that's what it is. It's groanings which cannot be uttered. But then I looked it up. You know what groanings mean? Groanings. <laughs> oh, Lord. You can, you can groan in the spirit, in tongues, or you can groan without tongues. I said, that's interesting. Because I looked it up. Uh, let's, go two, let's go two ahead. One, two, there you go. Because Jesus groaned. Did you know that? He says, when he went to go raise Lazarus from the dead, when Jesus therefore saw he, uh, he weeping at Jews, when therefore saw he weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. It doesn't say he's speaking in tongues. He said he groaned. He was, <clears throat> something from the inside of him, just, oh, Jesus. And then when he got to the grave, one more. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, came to the grave. What's he doing? He's unearthing. He's birthing something on the inside of him that the Holy Spirit is moving in his heart to do. So I see that, and I said, I wonder if I've ever done that. I wonder if I've ever groaned in the Spirit. And I, could, I thought of one real extreme example, and my wife knows about this, that we were getting ready to buy the house that we're in, and my father... He, he has dementia, but he said, you know, he saw us making plans. He says, I'll help you out. 
Oh, thanks, Pop. That's great. And so he pledged a certain amount of money, and then when the time came, he started getting dementia on me. (laughs) I don't remember. I didn't say that. I would never say that. And then to top it off, he was getting mad at me for things that were missing in the house, accusing me of stealing little things. I mean, oh my gosh, doilies and little trinklets of things. And then he, then he went full-blown dementia. He said, ah, you know, you're, you're not my son anymore. You've always been this way, you know, you're no good, and just went on and on and on, yay, even with some choice words. But I was just calm. I just love I love my dad. And I knew it wasn't him speaking. So I went home and told my wife, well, you know, he's got a little difficulty here. <laughs> so again, he calls me. He says, oh, yeah, I'll help you out. And I came, and same thing. I'm going, oh, my Lord, what's happening here? So I just waited it out, praying, okay. And, you know, I knew it was our house. I knew God had given it to us. But, you know, sometimes God has to work through people. And people can be stubborn. People can be just kind of holding you back. So I just waited on the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. So then came the, the real time when we really needed the money. So I called my dad. I said, Dad, I really need it now. Okay, fun, you know, fun time's over. <laughs> this is serious because I gave notice where we were renting. We don't have a house. They're ready to close. If we don't close this deal, I'm out on the street. He said, I'm sorry, son. I can't help you. Really? And he's never said that in his life. So I went and I started driving around our neighborhood because I was saying, well, if he's not going to give me the money, i got to find a place that we can live, like pronto, like in a week. And I was driving around, and on the inside of me, I just cried out. I groaned to the Lord, Lord, help me, Jesus, help! Because I couldn't do it in my own strength. I couldn't convince him, but the Holy Spirit took in me my desire. He searched and knew what I needed, and he brought the perfect prayer up to God. And then I get a phone call from my wife on the cell phone. says, your dad called, and he said he's going to give you the money. I go, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. He said, yeah, give him a call. So I call him. He says, yes, son, what are you doing? I go, I'm going around town here trying to find a place to live. He says, well, come on up. I'll give you the money came up there, God spoke to him through his dementia, through his hate, through all the things that he was going through, and was kind to me. But what if I didn't groan? What if I didn't cry out to the Lord? Would I have gotten the house? I don't think so. But God knew the perfect prayer that I had to pray to get through to where his heart was. God can go through anybody, anything that you need being done if you first let the Holy Spirit help your infirmities and pray that perfect prayer according to the will of God. Let's go back a couple. Because he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. So when you're speaking, you're, you, you can only, you're limited in what you're saying and what you need to say because you don't know the whole story. You say, well, God, I need some finances, or God, I need this, God, I need that. And he's saying, well, this is what you need to pray. So when you pray in an unknown tongue, you pray not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you're speaking in tongues, you don't know what you're saying, but God does, and God will bring to pass the things that you need to have happen in your life. Amen? Amen? And so as we conclude, I want to just tell you this. Keep going, yeah. 
Oh, he searches, you know, God searches you, all right? Sees what's on the inside of you. Sometimes things don't look too good. He's like, oh, I still love you. <laughs> but here's the end of that verse in Romans 8. He says, and we know, say we know. All things work together for good to those that love God. You love God? To those who are called according to his purpose. But see, it says all things work together, but there's there's an and there. What's an and there for? It was the conjunction. You have to pray, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, that we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. And then we know all things work together for the good. No prayer, no working things out for your good. God, this is a partnership. This is God and us working together in this life. But if you don't want to play, you don't want to participate, God said, I can't do it all for you. I need you to put your heart into it. I need you to put your desire and see me work. But if you don't and you stand back and you just watch and wait, you're going to be watching and waiting a long time. So what am I trying to tell you, church? We got to get into the spirit. We can't stay in the natural we got to dwell into the Spirit and let the Spirit guide and direct us because the Holy Spirit is our guide for life forever. Amen. 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 And as our theme for the year is, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Father, for bringing us together and giving us a word of encouragement that you want to be a guide to our life that you want to change the direction that we're going and bring us to a place where we're doing those things that please you, that will make us far and above beyond what we could ask or think because you're working in our lives. So, Father, we yield ourselves to you right now. We ask you to guide and direct our hearts so that we may receive all the wonderful things that you have for us, that you've prepared for us since the beginning of time. And so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor In Jesus' name, amen.